Isn't that great? That's a great question, isn't it? Why? That's a, if you saw the newsletter this week, that's a why is in the newsletter. If you uh, was, was following along um, with your um, um, reading the Gospels this year, I, I was reading the Gospels a couple weeks ago, and I got to Matthew chapter 26, and um, um, uh, it's the story of, of, um, of Jesus being betrayed by, um, by his friend Lazarus, and, and um, things are, are not good. You know, the time of prayer is over with in the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and um, things are just going crazy. And Jesus has just told the disciples that, you know, they need to watch and be, be careful because our soul is at um, war. And um, all of a sudden, a big crowd starts coming up that way. And, uh, and Judas, not Lazarus, I said Lazarus, didn't I? Judas has come walking up there and, um, and, uh, and uh, with his cohorts behind him. And Judas's one desire was to change everything and get free. So he thought the best way to do that was to have Jesus arrested and make him do what he was supposed to do. But it didn't turn out that way, did it? I read uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 50, in several different versions. And I came across this version. It's in the Holman Christian Standard Version. And, and um, it just hit me. And I said, oh, oh, I'm going to share that in a couple weeks. So here's the scripture. Uh, Matthew 20, 26, verse 50. Jesus says to Judas, friend, isn't that great? Oh, my. His friend betrayed him with a kiss. He said to all of his cohorts, the one that I kiss, that's the one you want to arrest. Friends are not supposed to do that, are they? Jesus looks at Judas and says, friend, why have you come? Hmm. That's powerful, isn't it? Is that powerful, my friends? You get that at home, at home, wherever you're at? Listen to that because I think Jesus is asking us that same question today. He looks at our heart and he says, Friends, why are you here today? Why are you here in this place? I just found it an amazing scripture. My friends, this is God's word for all of his people. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for um, asking that question to each one of us today. Why? Why are we here? What are we doing here? What's going on? In this time, in this time that you've come to give us to worship you and to praise you with all of our singing and our giving and our, our, our fellowshipping and being a family, being your church, being your people, we hope in each one of our hearts and corporately we can ask, answer that question over and over again. Why this? Why that? Why is all this happening? And then we find out that you, you have the answer and that you share it with us freely. That's because you love us. In this time, help us to open our hearts to you and our ears to you. And then help us to hear what you're saying to us. Help us to hear what you're saying to us before we take this Holy Communion, Lord, and answer that question, why are we here? And then help us to respond to it. The last thing we want to be is hearers. Help us to be also the doers of your word, Lord. And I pray that your servant's words be, be nothing more than your words today. 
And we thank you that, for that in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So every, every Sunday that we come into this place, every Sunday that we come into this place, it becomes that holy place, especially because the Spirit of God comes with each one of us in our hearts. Um, every Sunday should be holy, but this, this Sunday is just... Everything okay? Okay. Lord, we just lift Phyllis Ann up to you. Whatever's going on, be with her. No, oh, I can't continue on. Sorry. Somebody else want to finish this? Thanks, ladies. So every Sunday that we come should be a Sunday of reflection, of repentance and renewal, especially on these first Sundays of, uh, of the month when we take communion. Um, as we examine our hearts, we should be doing that all the time, but especially on these days, we should, um, uh, as we come to this table, we should ask this question. And um, I have three answers here this morning that I want to share with you. <coughs> try to, okay? I'll stay focused here if I can. Um, I think we're here. I think we're here, aren't we? Uh, whether we're here or at home, wherever we're at, we are here because Jesus told us to be here. Jesus told us to be here. Every t if you listen to the liturgy of, of the Holy Communion, is every time you do this, every time you do this, in other words, come and do it. Every time you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Take this bread in remembrance of me. Take this cup in remembrance of me. God is asking us to come and do this every time that we do it. That we come together. We, in the early church, every time they got together, two or three got together, they took communion. Every time. Bible study, worship, it didn't matter what it was. They would come and, and take care of that stuff. Um. It's important for us to, to understand that God wants us to, to um, um, do these things, to make time, to make time for this. I remember when I went to seminary, um, every, uh, every Wednesday that we were available to do it, there was four of us that would meet for um, lunch to talk about things in, in life and ministry and, um, and, and school and, and family and church and everything. And um, when we got there, we were in this small restaurant like, um, like Michelle's, like the choo-choo's, you know. And we would have on the table um, a bag of those crackers, you know, those two crackers in a little bag. And we would break those crackers open. Somebody would somewhere, somewhere along the line would break those crackers up. And, um, and um, <coughs> we would uh, ask God to bless them. And we would eat those crackers for Holy Communion. And then uh, usually we would have coffee or milk. Um, one guy had orange juice and some water. And we would ask God to bless that. And we would drink that the whole meal, that blessing of, of, um, of uh, asking him to empower that, those crackers and those, that fluid, whatever it was. It was a powerful time for us because we just assumed that there was more than four people sitting there. Okay? 
We thought Jesus was with us. Here, here we hear Jesus says, says to us that we should do this all the time. Now, you guys have heard all about Michael Strahan, haven't you? Uh, and his great, great, um, uh, do we need to go to the hospital, guys? No, I'm asking Colleen. I'm not asking you. <laughs> Colleen, what do you think, honey? Oh, okay, okay, all right, okay, 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 good. The only reason I said that when I said I was okay, she said, no, we're calling Colleen. <laughs> all right, thanks, guys. So you've heard about Michael Strahan, right, going up into space. Do you know that story? It was a big to-do, you know, for him to fly up in that um, virgin thing, whatever it was, I don't know, to fly up and spend a couple minutes in space and then get back. Well, he brought a, took a football with him. And now that's in the Space Museum or wherever, someplace um, that it's going to be historically done for the rest of eternity, that he has uh, done that with that football. Well, that's great. That's great. But let me tell you a story about um, <laughs> Buzz Aldrin. Mm. Buzz went to the moon too Buzz went to the moon first time right remember back in when was it 60 um, 69 thank you went to went to um, the moon he went into space do you know what Buzz Buzz took along with Neil Armstrong uh, and another guy he took with them some communion. We never hear about this, you know. He took with him the elements of communion. And he said to Neil Armstrong and, and the other guy, he said, when we land on the moon, he said, the first thing we're going to do is take communion. And he said, there in the, they landed, you know, at 3.30 in the afternoon. And, and, uh, and uh, as soon as they touched ground, before our Neil went out, outside, Buzz took out his little packet of bread and, and juice. He said he poured it in the chalice that uh, his church had given him. <laughs> the chalice just in the uh, World Hall of Fame someplace, you know. It's probably at his house. What, what a great place, huh? He said he took that out and poured the juice in there, squeezed it in there as much as it could, and he said and the, and the, the gravity and everything just came up the sides of the chalice, you know. And he said, there we were in the darkness of that landing capsule taking communion. And the first thing on, on planet uh, moon was um, Holy Communion. That's for Neil Armstrong. Uh, he called back and he said, this is the landing module. We need a time of silence. And he read, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For without me, he's standing on the setting in the moon. <laughs> he says, for without me, you can do nothing. Wow. So that's the power of why we're here today. We, um, you know, I'm sure, as I think about that now, I'm sure there's people that just had a fit over that, aren't there? Good. <laughs> question is, why are we here? Well, it's because Jesus wants us to be here. 
I also think that the reason that we're here is because we know that the Lord is here with us. He says to us, where two or three are gathered, it's in Matthew chapter 18. It says, where two or three are gathered, I am there with you. So I think it's like... It's like, like uh, something changes when people start walking in here. When people are at home, you get the, the um, power coming right to your house. There's probably two or three sitting there maybe or more. Maybe you're by yourself, but I want you to know you're never by yourself when you come here because you're connected with us. Aren't you got, got glad that God is not connected with time and space like we are? He's able to, he says, whenever we're together, and we're together at home, my friends, you're there, he's there with us. I think that's the powerful thing. We know that the Lord God is with us in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. The year was 2008, and, and probably if we think back, we can remember this story there's a story about John uh, Spierko. John Spierko spent mo- most of his adult life in prison. Um, well, I think he spent all of it in prison, his adult life. 27 years is what I'm talking about. And of those 27 years that he was in prison, 23 of them was on death row. And uh, he is trying to get um, off of being on death row, but the Supreme Court said no, they kept him there. And finally, the day before he was to be executed, the governor of Ohio um, stated, and he's um, probably still there, I imagine. I haven't heard anything else about him. But the story is, there was a pastor in, um, in Columbus, a Presbyterian pastor, who heard of his story, and uh, the last few years was with him. And uh, this young John Spierko um, uh, accepted Christ into his life, and and he, he pleaded innocence. Of course, we all do, don't we? He pleaded innocence, and, and many people did think that he was innocent. Um, but he was charged with murder. And he wasn't a, a good guy to begin with. He had been already in jail for some other crimes. But the issue is that um, this pastor um, from a Presbyterian church, for some reason, his story touched his heart. And he thought he would go and start visiting this guy. And he did, and lo and behold, um, he accepted Christ. And he was, as the years went by, he was able to take things into him. He took a Bible into him, took other things into him. And then he started, um, uh, at the end, uh, once in a while, he had taken communion. He had taken this little bag, opened it up, everybody would see it and everything, you know. And the guards would let him take that in. But as things like that happen, you know, it always changes. And, and um, finally, the last year or so, the, he couldn't take anything in. And um, it was supposed to be the day before he was, he was um, going to be um, put down uh, for his crimes. Um, his pastor, um, Pastor David, I think was his name, um, went to see him that last day to be with him. And um, when he was walking up, he didn't take anything with him. As he was walking up, the guards looked at him and said, do you have communion today? And he said, no. And he said, well, you can't come in unless you have communion. Oh. So he said, oh. Now, I don't know if you know Presbyterians or not, but that would set him in a tizzy. Pastor David said, I need communion. And for a Presbyterian, that's not good. For me, that's not good. 
So he went to, he said, I'll be right back. So he left and went, went out to a, um, a gas station. And in the gas station, he got, he got what he needed to get. He got some, some um, goofy grape juice, it was called, I think. And, and he, there was a, a sub shop there. And he walked up to the order to order a sub, and he said, "I'd like to have a ham and cheese sub. Forget the lettuce, forget the mayonnaise, uh, forget the forget the cheese, and I don't want the ham neither." He said, "Just give me two pieces of bread." So he had to pay for a ham and cheese bread. They wouldn't give him two pieces of bread, so he got a ham and cheese with nothing on it. And he took that back, and he walked in. The guards let him in with this holy communion, and he said, <coughs> "He said him and and um, um, the spirko." sat there, sat there and, and talked about how Jesus was um, crucified for no reason whatsoever, but he was crucified for our sins. And they chatted about that, and as, as him and Spirko were sitting there in the dungeony time of that place, he said, uh, this Presbyterian said, I, I heard all of a sudden me going through the liturgy and asking God to bless these gifts of goofy grape juice and and a, a submarine bun. And he said, he heard himself saying, pour out your Holy Spirit, uh, O God, upon us and upon these gifts of bread and juice. These gifts of plain, <laughs> ready? Plain bun and goofy grape soda. David thought to himself that they may be to us nothing more than the body and Christ, body and blood of Christ. And then when the prayer was over, he asked God to help them as they took this together. And he said, he said it was a powerful time. He said it was a, a, a strangely emotional time. Can you imagine? At this point, they think he's going to die the next day, and they are, for his last meal, wanting communion. And they took their communion and sat there in the darkness. They, they drank that. For Presbyterian, it must have been really strange to drink that juice out of a styrofoam cup, you know, and to eat that bread that was a submarine sandwich, you know. He said in his article, explaining this, he said, it was extremely quiet, extremely holy, and we were all there, just the three of us. Hmm. Did you get that? We were all there, just the three of us. I put a chair up there today to remind us that. That here we are, we think we're alone, but Jesus is right here. Amen? The reason we answer that question is because that Jesus wants us to be here and he wants to be present with us. And then lastly, um, we are here so that we never ever forget what Christ has done for, the, for us. He says to us, and when we see in this liturgy, he says to us to do this always in remembrance of me. Always in remembrance of me. So we're here today to remember again what God has done. And I think we do that every Sunday. But Communion Sunday is just a little bit more intense of remembering that what God has done for us and what he's accomplished in our life and what he's done for us in the past and what he's going to do for us uh, tomorrow and the days that lie ahead. 
I, I have this crazy tattoo on my arm. Did you ever see it? If you've never seen it and want to see it, come and see me and I'll show it to you. It, uh, I, just a little, I was in a mental institution. I've escaped from three mental institutions in case you don't know it. Uh, this one that I was in, uh, I was with this, me and this black marine um, became very good friends. And for some reason, for some reason, the psychologist, and I always believe that years later they did it to make sure we did it, they said to us, there'll be no tattoos here. <laughs> so you know what we all went and did. I did my tattoo with a, uh, with a sewing needle and ink from a ballpoint pen. Yes, they almost cut my arm off, but <laughs> they said it'll go down after a while. It got infected and everything, and so did my, my um, marine friend. And uh, so there's two of us with this tattoo on. And um, we, we, we uh, kindly named them 13 Tears to Hell. Um, but then our friend Don and Lois, uh, when we got saved and turned our life over to Christ, uh, she renamed it. She said 13 Tears to Heaven. Amen. And uh, one time my son said to me, he said, uh, Dad, you should get that tattoo removed. It, it's not the same anymore. And, uh, and, uh, and as he said that, a couple of weeks later, we were at a restaurant eating in the bar, and, and this um, waitress asked me uh, about my tattoo because she had several tattoos. And anytime somebody has a tattoo on them, there's a story behind it if you take time to ask them sincerely and, and ask them what that tattoo means, they'll tell you. And so I said, do you have time for a break? And she said, yeah. So she took a break and came over and sat down with me. And uh, we were able, that, that lady finally uh, turned her life over to Christ, all because of a stupid tattoo, um, because of, of being able to tell her what God has done in our lives. So then Sean said, when we left the restaurant that day, he said, never mind, don't take the tattoo off that. <laughs> and I've kept it there. And, and the thing of it is, it's a constant uh, reminder, isn't it? Every time I look at it, every time I touch it, every time I go through it, it's a constant re We need that constant reminder. We need to do this every month, if not every time we get together, to remind us what God has done for us, where he's brought us out of. Um, you might not have been brought out of a drug ordeal or anything like that, or alcohol or sex or whatever it is, but still God brought you out of something. Amen? None of us are free. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And so we come today because the Master told us to. We come today because we know that he's here, and we come to today to remember that we should never, ever forget what he's done for us. And that's, that's our way of honoring his birth, his life, his death, his ascension. Amen? Let's, um, let's continue on then with our, with our liturgy this morning um, of, this, of this communion.